What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Next Level Freedom Church podcast. My name is Trenton Cruz. I'm the lead pastor of Next Level Freedom Church in Jackson, Missouri. If you're seeking a church family that can help you grow in your relationship with Christ, or maybe you just want to check us out online, be sure to check out our website, www.nextlevelfreedomchurch.com. I hope today's episode will inspire you and encourage you as you fulfill the destiny God has for your life and fulfill your divine purpose in God's master plan. Thanks for tuning and God bless. Standing here and I'm listening to everything Pastor Trent spoke and I'm listening to the, the worship. And I get to thinking about dry bones live and I just hear, are you alive? God's saying, are you guys alive? Because see, we're... Oh, come on. There's too many in the church that are... They're, they're expecting a rescue mission. And when you're sitting idle, it's like you're dead. You're not alive. If you're sitting and you're doing nothing, I spent too many years in a church sitting there acting like I was dead, and I won't do it no more. Amen. And when you're waiting for a rescue mission, we're waiting for one that's not coming. Now, I believe in the rest in, in the rapture of the church. I believe in that. But here, everybody follow me for a second, okay? You see, the rescue mission ain't coming right now. The, the, the rapture that we're waiting for, that, that's not coming. God's saying, you are the rescue mission. Because there's too many people out there that are hooked on drugs, that are hooked on pornography, that are they're, they're dying out there in the streets. They don't know Jesus. They're, you know, they're sitting at home. They won't go out. They're scared to death. They won't do anything. And we're sitting here waiting on him to come and take us home. It's not time for that. I wish it was time for that, but it's not time for that. And, you know, I really don't wish that because there's too much to do. Now, I'm looking forward to it. Amen. Amen. But we're waiting for something that we're supposed to be doing. We're the rescue mission. That's right. He lives inside of us. Amen. We take him to the world. Come on, Pastor. That's right. You see, it's not about us. And that's really where we're going to be going tonight when I finally get there. If I get there. There's too much to do in the body of Christ. And for too many years, and guys, I, I, I did it myself. I sat there and I just got idle. I did nothing. I become stagnant. And right now, God is saying, dry bones live. He's speaking to his church as well. Because we're sitting there all dried up with nothing inside of us. We have nothing in us. Because we won't read the word, because we won't pray, because we're scared to go to church because of a virus that may be out there. I got news for you. There's always going to be a sickness or some virus or some disease. Or there's always going to be an excuse for you not to go or for you to not to do what you're being called to do. And you will continue to listen to it as long as you sit there dead. Dry bones live. Come together. Come back to life. Body of Christ, come together. Stop being afraid to come together. We're not afraid of it here. But stop being afraid to fellowship. Stop looking at each other like we're better than each other. Or your gift is better than my gift. Stop all that nonsense. And come together as a body. Because there's, there's people that do not know Him as Savior. And when I say that, they have no idea what I mean. They have no idea who Jesus is. They have no idea that He died on a cross for them. They have no idea that it takes a, 
the, the spilling of blood to cover the multitude of their sins. They have no idea that they have sins. But you see, we're not, we're not called to go and throw everything at them. We're called to do exactly what he tells us to do. To go teach them about who he is. See, the ball really is in once we tell them about Jesus, once we do what God commands us to do, then the Holy Spirit takes over. And yeah, it may take time, but it will happen. If you don't know Jesus today, if you don't know Jesus today, you need to find him today. Come and find a pastor because there is a man who died 2,000 years ago. He went to the cross believing that he was dying for the for the world's sins. He went to the cross believing it. Whether you believe it or not, he went to the cross believing it. And they nailed him to it after they beat him with an inch of his life, blood pouring out of him everywhere. You can see his bones in his back. You can see his ribs, face all bruised up and swollen. And never once said anything to the people doing it to him. <laughs> and we sit here dead. I've sat there dead. And I won't do it anymore. Now, I love church. There's a place for church. There's always a place for church. The church, this is not where we really belong. You understand that, right? We come here to get refueled. But the church's place is out there amongst it. And when, until we get that through our heads, and look, I, I understand it's, there's a lot of things happening at Next Level Freedom Church right now. We're growing, and as the pastors of the church, we're trying to figure out what the next steps are. And we want to do A, B, C, and D. But if we go from A to D and forget everything in the middle, then we're not going to go in God's direction. So we have to take the steps that God's leading us to. So yeah, we want outreach. We want to get out there. We want to do all of these things, but we have to take care of what's happening in-house as well. That's where you guys come in. Pastors can't handle A, B, C, and D on their own. We have to do it all together. Dry bones come to life. And I'm done with that. Amen. I think I'm done anyway. I don't know. That one was on me heavy. I'm going to get a drink because I'm already dry. Amen. And I got my body armor. That's my full armor of God there. Amen. Praise God. Y'all believe he's real? You believe he's alive? Do you believe he speaks? Well, we're going to let him do it tonight. Amen. Because y'all ain't listening to me. Because if you listen to me, you're bound to get something you shouldn't. So just know that at any time that I say something, I'm hoping and praying that it's God speaking through me. All glory to him for anything. Amen. Amen. Well, this I've been sitting here trying to contemplate if this message was going to happen tonight or not. Because I'm trying to figure out where it fits. And I think it fits. It fits perfectly. We're going to talk about pride. And we're going to talk about boasting. Because, see, that's a, that's a problem in the church. And pride keeps us sitting in that seat dead. Because we're, t- we're, we're scared. That's really what it is. When you're full of pride, you're really scared. And you're, when you're boasting in yourself, you're insecure in yourself. So we're going to talk about these things tonight. So, 
Lord, we thank you, God. We thank you, Lord, that your presence is here, God. And I pray, God, that they feel you, Lord. They hear you. They see you, Father God. And I pray, God, that I can just be a vessel tonight, God, that you're using. We thank you, God, for what you're doing here so far, God. Continue to move. Continue to work. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so this is going to get preached differently than I thought, okay? Y'all good with that? Yeah. All right, here we go. So I do want to give a de- definition of pride, though. And I'm going to read this part to you. It says, the definition of pride is this, a feeling of deep pleasure or satisfaction derived from one's own achievements. Uh, The achievements of those with whom one is closely associated or from qualities of possessions that are widely admired. So remember, we talked about coveting as well. So all of these things are are, flowing together, right? So pride is all about me. Pride is all, it's all about you, right? So, you know, you're, I'm this. I won. I did all these good things. Look at me. Everybody bow down to my greatness. That's boasting and that's being prideful. Amen. Anybody know people like that? Have you ever have you ever been like that? You know, we've been like that? You know, we've we've all messed up, right? It's all right. So it's how highly we think of ourselves. In you know, in the worldly sense, of course. It's okay to realize that you're good at things. It's okay to realize that. But it's all about where your credit goes right? It's all about who's got, who you're giving the credit to. So we're going to talk about pride tonight, and I'm going to give you some King James verses, and then I'm going to give you some English Standard verse, version verses, okay? So, because some of them explain things a little differently, a little bit better. So Proverbs 11, verse 2, and this is the King James. It says, when pride cometh, then cometh shame, but with the lowly is wisdom. The ESV says, when pride comes, then comes disgrace, but with the humble is wisdom. I really like the ESV version a lot better right there for that one. Anybody ever showed off or made a fool out of yourself? Every day of my life, right? Have you ever been like, got real mad at somebody, got up in their face, was pointing your finger at them and just going to town on them just to find out that you were completely wrong about the whole situation? (laughs) There's some pride there, and whenever that pride gets kicked down, what happens? You go from being like this to being about like this, right? I guess I was still in camera there. But we make fools of ourselves all the time. As God's people, we've got to be careful because you know what? We don't want to look like fools. We need to know what we're talking about. We need to know what we're talking about. So that we're ready when situations arise. Prize will cause you to disgrace yourself and act shamefully. Christians, we've got to eliminate that type of pride. Now, we're, we're going to talk about being proud of something and walking in pride. We're going to distinguish some things, okay? So I don't want you thinking that, you know, I've, I fell off my rocker or whatever here, and I'm, we're going to explain some things. See, pride is easy, but humbleness will cause you to grow in wisdom. You see, here's the, here's the thing about pride and humbleness. Humbleness will help you see the truth. Because anybody ever been humbled by God? <laughs> the day of your salvation, you were humbled by God. Because that's the day you realized, well, wait a minute, you mean this whole thing ain't about me? I've spent the last how, however many years, for me, I was 13 years old. So I spent the last 13 years of my life thinking that this is all about Brett. And I was pretty content in believing that. I was doing pretty good for myself, I thought, until I realized that I needed a Savior. Until I realized that 
I'm not doing so great without him. I needed somebody to wash those sins away. Because, you know, you know what did it for me? Reading in the scriptures, because as a young man, I really got into, uh, I don't know if you want to call I'll call it the occult. Got into Ouija boards and seances and all kinds of weird stuff, right? Because that's the age, whether you realize it or not, that's the age when you start looking into spiritual matters. Look back in your life, and I guarantee you there was something in your teen years that made you look into spiritual matters. And I just, I, I had been to church, but I started going the other way. But then somebody was humble enough to kind of bring me along into church. And a lot of things changed in my life at that point because now I'm faced with the decision of do I glorify myself or do I glorify God? But see, I read in the scriptures that Jesus was casting out the things that I was talking to through this so-called board over here. If they're so powerful, how come Jesus can just kick them right out? Jesus was casting out demons in the scripture. So these are the things that made me think. See, pride will keep you from salvation in a real walk with God. See, I'm prideful thinking that I'm in control of these spirits over here. That's pride. But they had control of me. See, I was deceived. So pride, there's a bug flying around. Pride will keep you from salvation in a real walk with God. Because if you're full of pride, then you're not humble. Right? Amen? And you must be humble, right, when you come to God and acknowledge that he is your Savior. So you get humbled. So your pride can keep you from accepting Christ as your Savior. Look at me. I'm the greatest thing in the world. I've got the newest shoes, right? My, you know, I got my kicks are awesome, right? You know, I got the newest clothes. I'm rocking the latest Adidas shirts or Under Armour shirts, right? I got the newest phone, I got the newest everything. I'm the best. You see, you got to humble yourself because all that is just material things. You humble yourself before a king that came and died so that you could live. That's what it's all about. Pride will keep you from God. Proverbs 16.5 in the KJV first, it says, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Well, that right there, that word abomination is pretty hardcore, Amen. Though hand join, though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. ESV says, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. Uh-oh. That don't sound right. That don't sound good. You realize we got a whole month called Pride Month. We got a whole month dedicated to pride. And we know it's one particular kind of pride but let's just call it what it is call it pride i'm i'm like you have i've if people they've clearly never read the bible right they've clearly never looked at it they don't i don't think they want to look at it but see there's a whole month dedicated to sin now i don't there's i liked june you know there was a good month (laughs) And I really liked October. And October is my favorite month, but I hate Halloween. Because, like I said, I've dabbled in in that stuff. I I know what Halloween is. We can have that discussion later, and you can disagree. It doesn't matter because I know what the day is, whether you like it or not. And I've heard too many stories, but we're we're not on Halloween tonight. But anyway, there's a whole month dedicated to sin. And that should really bother us. Because, see, they've made it so that we have no say-so. And they've made it so that if you don't celebrate it. And they've made it so that you have to celebrate it. I went out of my way 
on my phone on June. Google changed it to a rainbow. And I was like, man, they must know the story of Noah. But anyway, and then Paramount Plus changed it to a rainbow. All these icons are changing it to rainbows for pride. I don't want symbols of that pride. But see, they're forcing that stuff upon us to the point where there's nothing that we can do about it. But see, it's not. Oh, come on. God help me. We hate the sin. Do we understand that? People look at us like we hate the people. Look, it's just pride. It's just sin. Their sin is no different than my sin. And I don't hate myself. I don't hate Louie. I don't hate Harriet or Anna or anybody because we've all got sin in our lives, but we don't hate the people. We hate the sin. But see, we're getting this thing wrapped around us where everybody looks at us and they think, oh, well, you're just Mr. Perfect or whatever. No, they need Jesus. We need Jesus. The whole world needs Jesus. And we don't need pride. We need to be humbled before our king because he's the one that died for us. He is the one that came to wipe away sin, to wipe away all of the terrible things that we've done, to wipe away pride, to wipe away the boastfulness. He took it all upon himself, but we sit here dead and dry. You see, let's distinguish pride and being proud. You see, being proud of someone is not the same thing as pride. I want everybody to understand what I'm talking about, okay? I can be proud of my daughter for her achievements. And you can say, I'm proud of you. But see, here's the difference. I've taught my daughter. Everything she does, everything she accomplishes, she gives that glory back to God. You thank God for your achievements because he enabled you to accomplish that. And then I can say, honey, I'm proud of you for what you've done. That's not... That's not putting something on her that shouldn't be there. That's not raising something up within myself or within her. That shows her that I care about what she did, and I love her, and I am proud of her for what she did. That's a good thing. Though That's not what we're talking about. I want to make sure that distinguishes out there, okay? So I can be proud of her for her achievements because I've raised her to understand that it's God who helped her reach her goal. See, that's the difference. Pride, we're making it all about ourselves, and we're going to read a scripture here in a minute that's going to explain that a little bit a little bit more what I was just talking about. But it's okay to feel good about yourself as long as it lines up with what God's word says. Okay? It's okay to say, hey, I've, you know, I've got a good job and I've got a good family and, you know, things are going pretty good for me. It's okay to feel good because you can look and you can say, what? God, thank you. For what you have brought into my life. Thank you for these things. It's not a sin to feel good about yourself. It's a sin to raise yourself and to glorify yourself above God. As Christians, God blesses us and he puts things in our lives, amen, that make us want to glorify him. Amen. All right, there we go. I wanted a little bit louder one. He puts those things in our lives so that we will glorify him because he wants the glory. He wants all of these things. Why? Because he simply deserves it. I didn't die on a cross. Thank God he took my place. That's the point. He took your place. Because we all deserved it. Because of the sin and the pride in our lives. Ah, what did I read last? Okay, let's look at uh, Proverbs sixteen eighteen through 19. 
Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. Better it is to be of a humble spirit with the lowly than to divide the spoil with the proud. Amen. Amen. I don't I don't need nothing this world offers me. You know why? What is pride? Is it a sin? Where does sin lead? Death. Pride will lead you to death. Pride can give you a false sense of reality. You ain't as great as you think you is. That's the truth. We think too highly of ourselves sometimes when we walk in the flesh. Amen? I think I can do things, you know, it's just like an old man thinking he can still ride that dirt bike or whatever it is, you know, and you're, and you, the next day you get off of it and you're walking like this. It's like, no, you were kind of prideful that day. <laughs> Had some pride going through you. You couldn't do what you think you could do. That's just a funny example, but y'all get my point. So don't get me wrong, guys. I'm a proud dad. I love my girls because they do great. They do good things. We, I pray for them every day, Lord, that you would give them the mind of Christ. Lord, guard their hearts and guard their minds against the garbage that they're going to see at school today. Let them know, Father God, that you love them. Let the Holy Spirit walk with them. We got to pray over our children. Be proud of your children. Teach them who Jesus is so that they don't begin to walk in pride. Teach them that they have what they have because of Jesus. Okay, here's, I'm going to give a little something out here. I don't. I mean, okay, making sure there's no kids at all in here. I don't teach my kids Santa Claus. I just don't. And here's why. And if you do, I'm not, I'm not condemning you if anybody does, okay? But here's why. I'm just going to explain why I don't. And I, this is the way it was explained to me once before. And then I'm going to add a little bit of my own stuff to it. But how am I supposed to justify to my child when she turns 11, whatever it is, 12, right? That Santa Claus ain't real because she can't, I mean, you can't see Santa Claus. Well, Dad, is God real? I can't see him. Where's he at? And you see, you think, oh, well, that's, that's not a big thing. But here, I teach my kids not to lie to me. Anybody teach your kids not to lie to you? Do you get mad when they lie to you? Did you teach them about Santa Claus? Because you started the lie if you did. You started it. Anyway, it's okay to be proud of our kids. It's okay to teach our kids about God. And it's okay to expect to see our kids achieve their goals and excel in God. Because that's what we're teaching them. And it's okay to see them humble about it whenever they do something good and they say, thank you, Jesus, you helped me do that. That's not prideful, but that sure does make me proud. Amen? All right, I'm glad we're understanding that tonight. So, I have no idea where I'm at. So, we can't get puffed up. We can't be boastful. We need to always give God credit because... Really, what that does to us is it keeps us grounded. When you give God credit and you give God glory for everything, it keeps you grounded. What keeps you grounded is his word. You can walk in pride alone or hand in hand with some way. Either way, you're walking to destruction. So that's what I've never understood. Everybody's so happy during that month. They're holding hands. They're walking down the streets. They're having parades. They're doing all these things. And right there in that scripture above, where'd it go? I done lost it. 
though hand join in hand. That made me think about people holding hands, just walking down the road, hands joining hands. You're, it doesn't matter if you walk alone or with people. You're going to destruction because you're walking in pride. Let go of the pride. Let go of the hands and humble yourself before God. Sin is sin. And we're not, we're not talking about homosexuality or, not, or any of that tonight. I'm talking about pride. Pride is the sin. Pride's the thing that, that leads to so many other things. Pride can lead to death. Pride can give you a false sense of reality. All of those things that we talked about a while ago. But the problem is, is that we got to hear them. We got to get them into us. We got to understand them. I haven't read anywhere yet in the Bible where pride is good. Does anybody know a Bible verse that says, take up pride, it'll make your life longer, right? It's not there. There's no Bible verse that reads like that. But there's tons of them, and I just put a few down. I looked up verses on this, and man, they're everywhere, everywhere. Because pride is one of the main things that the body of Christ still has to deal with, and I don't understand that. That's a worldly problem, but it's all over our churches. I was just watching a video today on a... Where was I? Oh, I was listening to it in the, in a, on my ride home from work. There was a, a pastor who had been robbed, and they took $400,000 worth of jewelry from him. He was wearing a $4,000 suit and driving a $400,000 car. And you know what? He was prideful because he went after a woman stood up in church. I think she was trying to say something. But to him, he interrupted the service, and he went after her and grabbed a hold of her and was hitting on her. He's full of pride. He's made that whole thing about himself and not about God. There ain't nothing wrong with being blessed and having money. That ain't what I'm saying. But what you can clearly tell that the way he acted, he was in pride because of who he was. It went all right here, and he had absolutely nothing in here. He had no heart for the loss. He had no heart for Jesus. There was no Holy Spirit here. If there was, sure fooled me. So you can walk hand in hand, or you can walk it alone. You can have all the things in the world, and you can still not have it right because you got pride in your heart. So let's move on to boasting. And I'm getting close, guys. So what is boasting? Boasting is excessively proud and self-satisfied talk about one's achievements, possessions, or abilities. So very, very close to pride. Pride leads to boasting. And boasting could lead to more pride. Isn't that weird how that works? So here's an example of boasting. His online boasting. See, this is funny to me. You ever hear about the world's dumbest criminals? They go rob a store. And then they go on Facebook, I just robbed the liquor store. And their name's right there while the cops come knocking. There he is. He's done. He's caught. Makes no sense. So his online boasting led police straight to his doorstep, exhibiting a characterized by excessive pride or self-satisfaction. So go ahead. Boast in yourself. Take all the pride up you want because you know who's going to come knocking at your door? The devil. He's going to come knocking at your door and he's going to give you everything that you think that you want. He's going to build you up. He's going to give you all the greatest things that you can think of. You're going to be the best thing since sliced bread and the whole world's going to know about it because you asked the devil to come right on in. Just like this guy, the police showed up on his doorstep because he was online boasting about it. 
We're out in the world boasting about how great we are and how we accomplished all of these things. The devil's going to come. I can give you more. When we boast in ourselves, we glorify ourselves. And when we glorify ourselves, we glorify the devil. It's not about me. It's not about Pastor Trenton. It's not about the person that prophesies. It's not about the people that pray. It's not about the guy, that your little girl, that scrubs the toilets. It's not about who straightens the seats. And on and on and on and on it goes. These are the things that we do because dry bones should be living and coming together and working so that those dry bones can come together and we can fill these seats. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's all about Jesus. 1 Corinthians 1, 30 through 31. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hey, guess what the Lord just did for me today? That's what it should be, body of Christ. Look what the Lord did. I got a new job. The Lord blessed me with a new vehicle. The Lord blessed me with the money I needed for the house payment or for the rent. The Lord blessed me. The Lord blessed, not me. And, you know, I hope that I've had people when I was laid off work, you know, we, I've talked about the Holy Ghost handshakes where they'd come up and they'd put a $100 bill in their hand and shake your hand. That's what they always call it, the Holy Ghost handshake. Now, you can either, and I've thanked that person before, because you don't want to be rude, right? <laughs> right? But I know where the gift come from because I know, I know the God that lives in him because it's the same God. So I know who to think. Think. Think, think, whatever, right? I know who to think. If we don't think him, pride can come in. Man, people just give me money. <sighs> Pop your collar, whatever, right? People give me money. So if we boast, boast in the Lord. Boast in the Lord. Psalm 10, 2 through 4, in arrogance the wicked hotly pursue the poor. Let them be caught in the schemes that they have devised. For the wicked boasts of the desires of his soul, and the one greedy for gain curses and renounces the Lord. In the pride of his face, the wicked does not seek him. All his thoughts are, there is no God. It will bring you to a point where God ain't never done nothing for me. And then it's going to go to God ain't even real. I made this fortune. I made my own destiny. I did all of these things. I'm the man that did it all. And we laugh, but it's the facts, isn't it? That's exactly what's going to happen. We will get to a point where there is no God but me. When people boast, it is to praise themselves and to lift themselves up. Oh, we ain't never done that, have we, church? You never lifted your own self up. See, God puts the good in our lives. God blesses us. God provides. And still, people, we spit in the face of God every time we say, look what I did. We know where it comes from. So why do we act like we don't? Why do we act like it's all about us? Proverbs 
27, 1 through 2. Do not boast about tomorrow, for you do not know what a day may bring. Let another praise you, and not, not your own mouth, a stranger, and not your own lips. I like that verse. I think this verse is proven over and over and over again. This first one here, don't boast about tomorrow. Anybody ever made plans and had them squashed? Don't boast about tomorrow. <laughs> because, man, I've had some exciting things get ready to happen, and then, bam, shouldn't have been boasting about it. Got took away from me. The truth is we don't know what tomorrow holds, so don't boast about it. Don't get puffed up about it because we don't know. And I've, Like I said, we've all had those days, but I love how it says in that second verse to let another praise you. Now, it's not talking about praise you, like worship you or anything like that. But it says, let another put honor on you and not yourself. That's what we're talking about when we're talking about, I'm proud of my daughter. I am putting that on her. I'm, I'm not really boasting in her, but I'm, I'm lifting her up because I want her to feel good about herself. But see, there's the difference. She knows who helped her accomplish it. And where does the glory go? Where does the thanks go? Amen? So... Don't praise ourselves. We don't need to be doing those things. Just praise God and be thankful, and I'm almost done. So here's the point to this whole message. I should have just started with this. We'd been done a long time ago. <laughs> praise God, not yourself. Be the example of Jesus and point people to him. Point people to him. You want them dry bones to live? It ain't me that's going to do it. I ain't going to fill them with the Spirit. I ain't got that. That's him. That's him. Them dry bones are going to come to life, and they're going to come walking in this door. They're already doing it. Y'all be praying for cross-connection because, okay, I'm not saying there's not churches doing things because there are great churches in the area that are doing great things. They're bigger than we are. But there's also churches that are bigger than we are ain't doing a thing, not doing anything. And I'm not boasting in us. But what I'm saying is, is God is calling us to get up, do the work that he has called us to do, invite people to this revival that we're having out here. The Holy Spirit's going to be moving out there. You need to be here. You need to be here. You need to bring 10 people with you if you can. At least invite 10 people. Be the example. If our lives reflect him, then the world can see what he did for us. And then he can do it for them as well. So, be on the lookout for pride. Because what does pride do? It causes us to fall, right? So be on the lookout for pride. Because when you see somebody getting ready to fall because of pride, you need to be there to pick them up. Because who picks them up is who they're going to follow. If they see the example of love, or if they see the exam- more of the example of the world... They're going to keep getting up and try to do it themselves. But if we're there waiting to catch them and pick them up, they're going to see Jesus. There was a time when someone picked you up. There was a time when somebody picked me up. So be ready to return the favor. So we talked about a lot tonight, didn't we? We were were just kind of, everything that was said flowed though, didn't it? Unplanned. This was planned. But everything else was unplanned. <laughs> everything else flowed. I, I've got this f- feeling tonight. I don't know if it's in the house or on camera. Somebody needs the Lord. And you have no idea what I mean. You're like, what is that? 
we explained it a little bit, but I'll go through it real. I'll go through it for you again. There was a man named Jesus. He was God in the flesh, and I know that sounds strange, but he was. If you go and you read about his life and you see the things that he did, no mere man did these things. But we know from historical records outside of Scripture, outside of the Holy Bible, that a man named Jesus lived and did do these things and did claim to be God in the flesh. And he said that he was going to die for the sins of the world. And that includes you. That includes me. He was on earth for around 33 years, roughly. Lived a normal human life, sinless. (laughs) I don't know how he did that. But he did it. Which should encourage us that we can overcome sin. Amen, because of him. He was arrested. Falsely. He was beaten. And I don't just mean he was had a pop knot or something. No, they, they beat him. They took a cat of nine tails to him. They, pun- they slapped him and punched him in the face. <clears throat> they took the cat of nine tails. They ripped, which was bone, metal, and stone, I, I think. I can't remember exactly. And they would slap it. And whenever they would hit his back, it would stick inside of his flesh. And then they would rip it out. And when they ripped it out, meat and hunks of and gobs of blood and everything else would come tearing out of his back. And they did it so many times. That he almost bled to death. And you could see his bones. Blood everywhere. And I know I'm being graphic, but I'm just being, I want you to understand something. It's real. And I'm not even doing it justice, really. They made the man, Jesus, carry his own cross after being beaten almost to death. Blood going everywhere. Had no energy. They made him carry his cross up a hill, whether that was the whole cross or just the the beam. You can argue about that. It doesn't matter. He carried it. And then as they laid him down on it, they pulled his arms out of socket. But to fulfill prophecy, not one bone was broken. And then they put the nails, and you can argue this too, either in the hands, or I think it was more right here personally. It doesn't matter. They nailed huge nails into his hands and into his feet. And we know that this is real because you can go online and look and you can actually find that the Romans did crucify because they have uh, uh, joint bones down there with nails still stuck in them that they couldn't get out. So they nailed Jesus to the cross. And as they got done nailing him to the cross, there was a big hole in the ground. And they lifted up this cross, and as they pushed that cross into the hole in the ground, he, it came down with a force that probably felt like a million pounds. It just ripping the flesh, probably ripping his arms, his, the, the meat under his arms, probably just ripping that, more blood spilling out. And he hung there until he died, suffocating, probably drowning in blood. And then to make sure that he was dead, sticking a spear into his side where blood and water came spewing out. And they believe that was because of a broken heart. His heart literally broke and gave out and filled with water and blood. He died for you. It's history. 
at, at the lowest level of what we're talking about. It's at least history. But it's so much more than that. And you don't think that what we're talking about is real, but Jesus is real, guys. He has changed so many lives, and I have seen God move in so many people's lives. We have, there, there's stories in this house that people would tell you that you would know that Jesus is real. So here's how I'll end this, and I'm sorry I've went on a little long, guys, but I, did, I, had, I felt like I had to get that out. There's somebody that needs saved. So here's what I want to do. We're just going to pray. You and the camera listening, y'all here, if, just, just listen. If this is you, I'm going to repeat a prayer. This is called the salvation prayer. It's nothing special about the prayer. It's you speaking to God, amen? It's not Pastor Brett leading you into anything. I'm helping you with the words. If you say this prayer and you mean this from the bottom of your heart, you will become a new creation in Christ. Your life will change. I guarantee it. You will not be the same. Don't hold on to the pews. Don't white-knuckle them. That's what we used to call it. You'd hold on so tight you couldn't get up even if the Holy Ghost pushed you out of the chair, right? That's what they used to say. Don't look away from me. I want you to close your eyes. It's going to be quiet in here except for that music for just a minute, and then I'm going to pray because I want to give you time to figure this thing out with God. Take just a moment. No, you don't need to do it next week. Not tomorrow. Right now you're being called. You are not promised five minutes from now. You are not promised one minute from now. If this is you, repeat after me. If you want to have Christ come and change your life. Father, I know I'm a sinner. I know that you died for me on the cross, Jesus. I know that you rose three days later. And I need forgiveness of my sin. Lord, I ask that you forgive me where I have failed. Come and live in my heart. Be Lord of my life and change me from the inside out. In Jesus' name, amen. If you said that tonight, I encourage you, tell somebody. Tell one of us if you're in the house. We'll help you in any way possible. We will help you. If you're out there, I'm sorry I didn't introduce myself at the beginning of this thing. Tonight was a little bit of a different night. So emotions were, I don't want to call it emotions, but the Holy Spirit was working tonight. So if you're out there and you said that prayer, find yourself a good church. If you're in the area, 1225 Old Cape Road, Jackson, Missouri is where we are at here. Come out, visit us, and join us. If not, find you a place. Tell somebody what you've done. All right, guys, God bless. Thank you so much for joining us tonight.